On today's edition of The Edge of Adventure, we go back to the nation of South Sudan and the capital city of Juba to talk today with both the co-founders from Go Girls ICT, Eva Yayi and Ine Yankee. These ladies grew up in this part of Africa. They care a great deal about the people there, and they've put their skills and expertise to use, helping to bring hope and peace to the region. In particular, they seek to offer the young women of South Sudan the opportunity to excel in science and math, helping to equip them with the skills they need to impact their communities and the world. So today's topic is information and communication technology, and of course the difference it makes when it's put to use for good. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome now all the way from the Republic of South Sudan in Africa. My guests today, ladies, welcome to the Edge of Adventure podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so it is my privilege and pleasure to have you on the show today. You ladies both work very hard there in South Sudan, and you are with Go Girls ICT Initiative. And I know my pronunciation of your names is probably inadequate, but I'm going to do my best uh, here. Eva Yayi and Ine Yanki. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Great to have you on the show. All right, wonderful. Thanks for joining us again uh, all the way from South Sudan in Africa, where you ladies work very hard to help other people, in particular, the young ladies and young women of your country. Tell us about Go Girls ICT initiative. What is the vision for this wonderful organization? So maybe let me start with a brief introduction of the inspiration that I lead to the vision. So Google started, we launched it on December 19th, 2015, December. Why? Because there was an event by the Ministry of ICT and Telecommunications and me and Eva, we were invited as tutors from the University of Juba to go with our students so that they could go and talk about ICTs. So when we reached there, we were still new recruits to the college. So when we reached at the Ministry of Telecommunications, we noticed that our students couldn't, talk, couldn't say anything about ICTs. They couldn't tell their counterparts in primary and secondary school what ICT was. So when we came back as instructors or as their teachers, we felt challenged looking at the one, two, three girls that we have been in computer science and IC and, and IT classes doing bachelors and yet they can't clearly tell their counterparts in primarily what ICTs are. We felt so challenged as the instructors. So when we sat down, we were like, how can we model these girls to actually be the problem solvers of their communities using ICT? So that was the whole background. So for people like me, all right, when I hear the term ICT, I don't necessarily know what that means. Tell me and our audience today what that means. You guys are with Go Girls ICT Initiative. And what does that term mean? Information communication technology. 
So through the initiative, through the Go Girls ICT initiative, you are helping young women learn about ICT and become problem solvers and becoming a part of the solution. Your heart for this comes clearly because you care about the young women there in in your country. What is life like for them and why is this initiative so important? So uh, this initiative is very important, especially uh, coming from South Sudan, the culture is different. We have these stereotypes that uh, uh, we look at technology, science, engineering as something that is supposed to be done by the men. And the women are not supposed to do those kind of uh, courses. And it becomes really very tough in the job market right now since everything is about technology and science. So we figured that including girls and women into this initiative would help them to better uh, change that mindset and be confident enough to take up these courses that they think, these careers that they think are male-dominated. And it also gives them confidence and they're able to express themselves because technology, ICT, is not just about coding, programming, or the hardcore mathematics, but it's also fun because at Google's ICT, we want to look at it in form of STEAM, science, technology, engineering, but also arts and mathematics. And since women are very creative, if they bring arts into technology, then it becomes a lot of fun when they create content that they can use in ICTs. So you two ladies, you're joining the show today from Juba, which is the capital of South Sudan. Yes. Where did you grow up? I was born in Juba, but when I turned two, I think from what my parents told me, they moved to a refugee camp because of the conflict. Then I think my dad's life was at risk, so he decided to quit his job and escape with his young wife, and then I was the baby. So they moved to a refugee camp. No, it was a refugee settlement called Iguga in Western Uganda. So most of my time, that's where I grew up. So my primary was in that neighborhood, then secondary, my parents figured out how they could push me with my education. At least I moved to the western part of Uganda, then university, I got someone to support me through my university career. And when I was done, I decided to come back home and figure out life. And then I ended up at the university as a teaching assistant. And here I am today with Google's. <laughs> Eva, your turn. Okay, so for me, my story is a bit different. I I was born in Kampala in Uganda. Um, my father is a South Sudanese, but because of the war, he ran to Uganda, but he studied from there. He was, uh, I think, doing accounting at uh, Chambogo University, one of the government universities in Uganda. That's where he met my mom. My mom was from Rwanda, she passed away. And um, so they had me, I studied from there. And I, from time to time, from 2005, I used to come to South Sudan to a place called Ye, um, somewhere in Central Equatoria State. 
um, five hours from Juba. And then when I graduated in 2012, I came to Juba, South Sudan, because I wanted to be part of this community and be able to um, give a chance to the girls who had not got a chance to go and study from out like I did, so that they can also get a chance to learn from me what I had already learned. So I joined the University of Juba as the first, actually the second female. Yes computer science um, teaching assistant. And from, from there, I inspired a lot of girls and uh, the initiative started when I met Yine. And we've been doing a lot of work with these girls at the university and going down to schools and primary schools. Yes. So we're getting to know today Ine and Eva both of whom are the co-founders of an organization called Go Girls ICT Initiative in Juba, South Sudan. Tell us what life is like and what, what does a day or a week look like at the Go Girls ICT Initiative? So a day at uh, Go Girls ICT Initiative is fun it's a kind of a day it's always discovery and crazy uh, we have this different approach in our office it's uh, not a typical street office where you get in and sit and get all formal but we have all these uh, boards around and it's a free space where you can think and come up with ideas and if you have any idea you paste it somewhere on the wall somewhere on the boards if an idea pops up when you're sitting on your laptop, you can just get up and get some papers, get down and then try to write and imagine. And so it's always fun meeting, being at the Google's um, office or out in the field meeting communities and talking to people. Uh, you know, maybe something to that. <laughs> Okay, I think that's Eva's desk. From my desk, I think it's so crazy because as the mentorship director, students always have a lot of cases. So sometimes we actually receive cases of conflict between a girl and the mother or a girl and the parents. So it means we have to move from the office, go to the home, sit, listen to what's the problem, between both of them and see how we could dialogue and solve the conflict and bring the girl home or talk to the parent and say, okay, the approach that you're using in raising this girl maybe you're a little bit tough or maybe you need to listen to her. So basically it's like when we go out, we try as much as possible to see how parents can actually create relationships with their children because we noticed that is one of the biggest things that is missing among parents in our communities. So it's tech, it's finding out what problems they are facing and how can we solve all these problems? How can we help these parents? And sometimes parents also have difficulties and they also approach us. So we have to also listen. We had a case which touched us a bit. It was of parents who separated. The father and the mother separated and the girl was in the middle, so there was a bit of pulling ropes and 
when we visited the father, that's when the father opened up and said, this ABCD happening. I don't know how you girls can help. So we had to talk to the father. We looked, we had to locate for the mother and talk to the mother and see how both parents could agree for the benefit of this girl who was our beneficiary in school. So it's fun. <laughs> so it's fun. We learn a lot. You learn from people's experiences. So at the end of the day, we realize tech actually, I mean, tech has very many possibilities apart from sitting and creating products and sending them out to the market. But I think bringing the whole community in into what is happening and trying to relate with them has been absolutely fun. How old are the students that attend the Go Girls ICT initiative? We have from 12 to 20. So from primary six to senior four. Is this a program where the students are in your classrooms or in, in the educational facilities for the entire day or week? Or is this something where you come alongside existing education facilities or other schools? For those of us getting to know you, put that into perspective. Is this something where this is the focus for these students completely until they graduate? At the moment, so Okay, maybe going back to our starting point, basically we wanted to see students from primary and secondary school seeing sciences in a different perspective. So we normally reach out to schools and say we need this number of students whom we are going to mentor, and this is what we are going to teach them until the end, and these are the final products. So basically it's not a standalone project, so we have to go to the schools, we have to talk to the teachers, we have to talk to the parents, then we bring them to our space. Then when they learn, as they continue with their classroom learning and aspects, we, they also have all this learning and how they can relate different components from class to practical, from practical to class. So it makes them understand concepts easily. And for maybe having graduates in future, we're just thinking if we get funding, we wanted to have a program for those who have finished senior four and school dropouts. Because with the South Sudan education system, one main challenge that we've realized is when a girl or a boy finishes senior four, they start home sometimes for one or two years to join the university. So sometimes they even don't join because universities are limited, and also tuition is increasing. So we're just thinking as Google's, how can we close this gap and have actually a program that when a girl finishes senior four, or a school dropout can learn a skill that can actually sustain itself. Ladies, what do you think are some of the most significant challenges that the initiative faces? What are the obstacles that you have to work toward overcoming? Um, sometimes the communities that we work with don't actually understand what we do, especially us being South Sudanese who have grown up in other countries. We have different mindsets and the setup in South Sudan is different. So the, the cultural clashes sometimes 
are a bit hard for us to uh, cope. And uh, we sometimes get very impatient, but of course we have to push on. But uh, we also have other challenges like, uh, right now, Hogarth, yes, has an office, but we don't have a space that we can call our own so that we can have these trainings and also so that these students can come in anytime they feel like to maybe do some practicals, uh, use the computers or use the equipment that we use for training. So it becomes a bit hard for them to come in and practice since most of the times our programs are mobile, we have to move to the schools and meet the students. So when we leave the schools and we are done with the training, that's it. They cannot practice. So it gets a bit more difficult and then maybe and so ladies, as um, people who know me know that I find languages fascinating and um, culture, these kinds of things, help us get to know South Sudan. How many languages are prominent in the area where you guys work with the Go Girls ICT initiative? Is, um, is it one language or many languages? I think all the 64 tribes, because we've, we've realized that in almost every student, every student is just unique and from a different background, really. And also, I think in South Sudan, there's an aspect of several intermarriages. So, for example, I'm from Bari, but when you reach our house, there are like three or four tribes. There is a lot, okay, like intermarriages have happened. So you reach in the home and there are like four or five languages. And you have to always find a way of interacting with almost everyone if you go for a family visit. So that's it. So do you teach in one language primarily or you will teach in the different languages depending on the needs of the students? So normally for our trainings, we emphasize English since that's what they use in class. But we also have students, everyone is almost good in a specific language. Some homes are good with classical Arabic. And we have students who will translate the material to classical Arabic. If it's Bari, I can speak Bari. So I use Bari all along. So every Bari student that I meet and things are hard, I have to explain it in Bari. If I meet a Dinka, we have students who are mentors who are Dinka, so they explain in the language that the student easily understands. And I think that has worked for us. What is the most encouraging thing that you see? What keeps you going and keeps you believing in the importance of Go Girls ICT initiative? Why do you keep working so hard? It's fun. We love technology and we love discovering new things, uh, but also the feedback and the success stories from these girls, because when we started out, it was a bit hard getting to them, I, I mean, talking to them and being able to connect. But right now we have this connection with these communities that uh, we work with. And now we feel like one big family because on one hand we have the teachers and the schools that have trust in us right now. And then we have the communities and the parents like Hine highlighted earlier, in case a student misbehaves or there is an issue back home, they're able to pick up their phones and give us a call just so that we are able to give them a, a few ideas on how to handle the situations and 
the teachers as well are able to uh, interact with us. Actually, during this time, we've been able to work with uh, some of the teachers on uh, a few other ideas to help out students during this time. And it feels really amazing being able to do that, and that motivates us a lot. I noticed as I was looking over your material and getting to to know your organization, one of the things that, well, there was really two things about all this that I, I, th- I found very fascinating. First of all, you really see that a part of the role of the Go Girls ICT initiative, one of the goals, one of the purposes is peace building. Tell me about that. So um, in uh, South Sudan, as, um, like I, culture is really important, mm-hmm. and the education of a girl is not that uh, it's not prioritized in a, a family where there is poverty and they have to make a decision between sending a girl or a boy to school. They will choose sending a boy, and uh, of course, we girl marriage is very expensive. So women in our countries are married of using cattle, and it's seen as women are seen as a source of wealth. So most times, when families are trying to get um, their girls married off, the men have to. Um, I think was it last year when uh, there was a bid a bid uh, for a girl who was around 15 years, and there were several men bidding, bringing in cattle, and this causes a lot of community unrest as different men, different clans are trying to fight or to hunger for the same girl so that they, they, they marry her. Or another scenario, if there is a boy who wants to marry a girl but he doesn't own cattle, he goes somewhere else to another place where there is cattle and they do cattle raiding. Mm-hmm. And all these have caused a lot of conflicts. But we at, at Go Girls, we try to um, train and change the mindsets of parents, not to look at their girls as sources of wealth when things fail, but rather sending them to school so that they are able to become independent and confident and be able to take care of themselves and not need look at marriage as the last resort for being able to um, solve their poverty or the uh, problems back in their communities. And we've realized actually in most communities where girls are sent to school, peace, there is relative peace, there is a bit of peace, the conflict is a bit low and there is no um, cattle raiding or people fighting each other or haggling and fighting for women. So that's why we um, emphasize so much about tech and, uh, of course, teaching these girls. But also, we have this unique platform, MIT Scratch Programming, which is about storytelling. And these girls are able to animate and tell stories about their communities. So they use this as some kind of awareness campaign to tell their communities that enough is enough and we don't really love seeing our communities at war. We don't want to be traded off as wives for uh, cattle or for dowry. So uh, we use storytelling combined with technology to be able to um, communicate with the communities, but to also give the girls the confidence to be able to fight for their rights as girls and not property. We're talking today with 
very, very special guests joining us from Juba, South Sudan, the co-founders of Go Girls ICT Initiative. And of course, Eva Yayi was uh, talking right there. That was Eva sharing um, about uh, some of uh, you know what it means to be in the peace building business, if you will. And Ine Yanki is also with us today. And what a privilege it is to be getting to know them and getting to know the heart of the Go Girls ICT initiative. What is hacktivism? Hacktivism is a combination of two words, to hack and then activism. So we use technology, like I said earlier, technology to be able to push our agendas and the agendas of the girls in the communities, talking about child marriage, gender-based violence, illiteracy in the communities, um, of course, peace. And we hack into peace building using technology. And then we talk about it. And when you talk about it and you push for it, that's activism. So the mashup of words, hacktivism. <laughs> Yes. It's great. That's a great answer. Great answer. So what is the biggest, most important message for the women of South Sudan? What do they need to hear the most? They shouldn't be afraid of sciences, to be honest. <laughs> and if we are to create change in South Sudan, change, tangible change, we need science, and we'll never run away from it. So let's embrace science. If we embrace science, we'll embrace development. And if we embrace development, definitely we'll have the peace that we've been crying and yearning for at South Sudan. So for someone watching or listening, if they want to reach out to you and find out more, maybe just encourage you or find out how they can help in some way, how should they do that? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? They can just throw our email, info at gogirlsict.org. Okay, best way, info at gogirlsict.org. Yes. Okay. And then also the website is um, gogirlsict.org. Yes. Okay. And what's the next for you? What do you want to see happen as I think about people who can perhaps come alongside you and help and not just be encouraging with encouraging words? Maybe you never know. Someone can, can help in some other ways. Um, what do you see is important for the immediate future of Go Girls ICT initiative? What's important is uh, we are looking at an innovation center where girls and of course communities could come in and be able to create content, create ideas, but also innovate and build things as these communities because we don't have such places here in South Sudan and we're trying to create such, but of course what we are doing right now is not sufficient. We cannot take in a lot more um, communities because it's, uh, the resources are limited. But if we are able to have an innovation center which is fully equipped, that would be a big um, plus for our work and we would be able to reach out to more communities. 
How have you seen the work of Go Girls ICT initiative? How have you seen it change someone's life? Um, I could uh, look at uh, the, the most vulnerable girls and uh, of course a few boys who were at risk of dropping out of school. Through this initiative, they have been able to stay in school because through the Go Girls initiative, we have uh, a, a scholarship fund um, which we give to the most vulnerable participants of our uh, during our training, so we pay their school fees for a year and uh, they are able to stay in school and we also give them scholastic materials and we are able to keep on visiting them, visiting their schools, visiting their homes to make sure that they are okay and this has helped their grades improve a lot in school but they have also been able to learn a lot and uh, get skills and we also have mentors from university who have been able to get jobs in a big corporations like MTN. I don't know if you've heard of the telecom company called MTN. Sure so we have one of us, our students who is now working there as an engineer. Two. Uh, two, yes. two, yes. two, ladies. two ladies who are now working as engineers at MTN because of this program. They were not able to get hands-on skills at the university, but through this program they were able to get more skills and they became employable. One of our mentors as yes. well is now in Japan pursuing his master's, and he got a scholarship. Congratulations. Thank well done. You. Well done, ladies. Well done. So tell me about a couple of these other projects that I know are very near and dear to your hearts. Defy Hate Now. So for Defy Hate Now, Goggles, we were, we were facilitators during the implementation of that project, but along the way, we actually realized we we're basically, we we're mainly dealing with university students, but at some point, we we'll bring in students from secondary school. But in the long run, actually, we realized through our interactions that safety of girls online is very important. And through the, the short time that we had with Defy now that was one thing that we realized, and that is why it ended. And somehow, in our programs, we try to integrate it into whatever trainings that we are doing, because we now, it gave us the boost to understand that actually, despite the fact that we are training them about technology or how to create products, how safe are they? How can they protect themselves? Or how can they maybe tell their fellow students to protect themselves? And we realized when we went further with the conversations, with the conversation on that, teachers too had concerns about technology <laughs> because one of them confessed that the first time when we approached them at the school, they're like, but phones have spoiled our children. TVs have spoiled our children. The internet has spoiled our children. Why do these people want to teach us about technology? So we actually realized that safety or digital safety is actually at the core of everything that we do. So even if in future 100 years, 20 years, five years down the road, any product that we develop, all this, or whatever thing that we are doing, we put digital safety at the core of it. And looking at South Sudan, of course, hate speech being at its peak, we also make sure we remind them, if you communicate this way, you're instigating. If you communicate this way, you're passing on a positive message. So it's like an emphasis on a core, 
And luckily, from our side, most of the students that we mentor, we are also friends on social media, so we can easily monitor what they are posting, what they are writing. If it's something instigating, we ask them, why did you write this? What's the reason behind this? What if you had communicated this way? So it's actually very easy to also tell the students this is how you're supposed to communicate. So it's like they are guiding it. Another project you have that caught my eye is the one called Time to Shine. That's our core project. That was the baby that has been evolved. Yes, Time to Shine ICT is, uh, we love to call it TOS, ICT in short. And uh, it's just about bringing technology in the light, shining it out there for the girls to be able to have fun and enjoy and just create and have fun at the same time and look at technology not as something difficult or something that is for the boys but them as girls should be able to express themselves and be able to create a lot of powerful content that defines them as women and girls of south sudan in a positive way so that's why we say time to shine shines my guests today on the Edge of Adventure podcast, joining us all the way from Juba, South Sudan, the co-founders of the Go Girls ICT initiative, working so hard there in South Sudan. It's an organization founded by and for young women in computer science and information technology, working on hacktivism, peace building, defying hate, helping the, the students learn to shine in all these wonderful ways, and also um, helping, I think, in one of the most important things you're doing is you're helping to shape the future of the culture. And I know that that's a big part of why you do it and a big part of what's important to you. So special thanks to my guests today, Ine Yanki and Eva Yayi, co-founders of this wonderful organization. Ladies, before we finish the uh, interview and the broadcast today, what else do we need to know about Go Girls ICT initiative? Go Girls ICT, uh, apart from building uh, products and training girls, we also do research. And uh, right now, because of the pandemic, the whole world is talking about the pandemic, lockdowns, quarantine, and everything. We as Go Girls, we've uh, partnered with teachers, especially chemistry teachers, to create a local product because South Sudan depends a lot on imports, but because of the lockdowns and the borders are closed, it's a bit hard to bring in products. Or if these products are brought in, it's a bit very hard for communities, local communities that we work with to afford such products like hand sanitizers. Mm -hmm. So um, we have been doing a lot of research in the laboratory, not, okay, not a big lab, but <laughs> in our space, trying to find local alternatives because like the major, um, the main ingredient of sanitizers is uh, alcohol. So we've tried to, to get some women in these communities who brew, we have a local alcohol called Siko, and uh, we've been able to train these women to be able to brew something which is above 60% as recommended by WHO, and they've been able to actually perfect this. But we've also uh, been able to uh, look for local alternatives to um, 
antioxidants, I hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> so we have farmers who grow lots of lime and lemons, and this works perfectly. And, and then, of course, the moisturizer, because alcohol is very harsh, we've been able to uh, use aloe vera gel, which helps to uh, soothe the burns caused by the alcohol. So we've uh, put these products in our lab, tested them, and been able to produce a product called GoSanitize. But it's just not a product that is uh, expensive like other products, but it's something that communities can actually afford. And we are actually right now working on our formula and are going to make it open source so that people are able to access and be able to create their own sanitizers cheaply and also good quality and be able to meet the standards of WHO. So we are in the research phase, but we were able to roll out the product. The other project that we are working on with the closure of schools, poor infrastructure, and struggling internet, poor pair of teachers, we've been having back and forth conversations with teachers on how we can build a model to help students continue learning even when they're at home. And the first effects that we had with the teachers was understanding what are they doing during this pandemic. And we noticed that most students at home, they have no learning materials because the teachers already feel it's a lot of load, the economic hardships, all these things are on them. And likewise, at home, we had an outreach for one week to find out how the students were popping up and we noticed there's no electricity, there's no internet, parents can't even afford handouts, so students are just sitting at home. So we are trying to see as Google's how we can come up with an open, an open science framework for classroom experimentation. So currently, that's what we are researching to see which kind of materials can we produce, can we put together so that students can continue learning at home with the help of their parents and not putting too much stress also on the teachers, but also the teachers, Google's with the teachers will come up with the content and see how it can be delivered to the students back at home so that they can continue learning until schools are open. Ladies, you work so hard. You've obviously made such a big difference. I, every time I ask you, I say, well, why do you do this? Well, you always say it's fun. You always say it's fun. You love what you do. Yes. You do. I can hear it in your voice and it is inspiring and means a lot to hear your stories of all that you're doing. You are making a difference and I hope you know that. I hope you feel that down in your, your heart because it is uh, challenging out there, right? So many days, uh, things don't always go the way you want them to go. You have obstacles and challenges and needs, but I want to encourage you today. I want to thank you for coming on the program. And I'm just really honored to now count you as friends and to have had the opportunity to share this with the audience. And please, of course, during this challenging time, stay safe, stay encouraged. You're doing a great, great work, and I just appreciate your heart in doing so. Thank you. Ladies, thank you again so much. We had a great conversation, 
And anyone who wants to find out more can go online, look them up online. Their website is gogirlsict.org. If you want to reach out to them directly, find out more information and encourage them, that sort of thing, get in touch, find out how you can help. Info at gogirlsict.org. My guests today, Eva Yayi and Ine Yanki. And I'm doing my best to pronounce it close to the way it should be. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's as close as I can get. But thank you, ladies. Um, thank you so much. God bless you for your hard work. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure where we go beyond status quo.